Hello, and welcome back to the Feedgrass for Good podcast, brought to you by Hustler Equipment, the world's most innovative livestock feeding equipment. Each episode, we talk with a different sustainable farmer or expert in regenerative farming. This is our second episode, and today we're talking with a particularly interesting farmer, Trent Hendricks, managing partner of Cabriejo Ranch, which is based in West Plains, Missouri, but as you'll hear from his interview, they're grazing and helping regenerate land throughout a growing number of states. It was not easy fitting this interview into a single episode. Trent's had a fascinating varied career and had a lot to share so without further ado here's Trent there's only three conditions in my opinion that anything can be in whether it's your marital condition or your finances or your property it can either be degenerating sustaining or regenerating sustainable in modern agriculture simply means you are sustaining the rate of degradation of degeneration. And I've seen programs that were designed and they were celebrating that they went from losing 27 tons of topsoil per acre per year to 17. And that was that was the big win. And I'm sorry, but that's pathetic. You know, that is just slowing down the degeneration. And sure, if that's the first step, it's better than continuing the loss of 27 tons, but that's not a home run. You know, a home run is replacing what's lost by regenerating the land and creating more topsoil. I am Trent Hendricks. My family and I have Cabriejo Ranches based in southern Missouri, and we are a beef and lamb ranch. We do a little bit of everything, including running some breeding units. Our bigger energy is spent on stalker units. Uh, we graze uh, on our own properties, as well as extensively graze under solar farms across broad section of the middle of USA, putting our stalker lambs out on those properties during the grazing season to manage vegetation and improve the soils through holistic management. And we fatten and ship the lambs then uh, under our brand, as well as uh, white label brands uh, for several other companies. Part of what makes our program unique beyond the solar is that we also put Savory Institute's ecological outcome verification on all the land that we operate on, thereby being able to claim that the product is produced on lands that are regenerated by using the uh, ecological outcome verification system to monitor the health of the land. We've been doing that for several years and uh, have learned a lot. It's a very different skill set to manage animals under solar. It's not just like rented pasture. So we've had a bit of a learning curve, but it's overall been very successful and has really been a bit of an elevator for us in uh, being able to achieve economies of scale that would have taken much longer to do otherwise. Um, So it's been very unique from that perspective and, and basically very good for us. I think we in agriculture, we fool ourselves when we think that we have to compete with meat replacements and veggies and all the environmental uh, agitations that are stirred up. You know, we, we waste energy combating them when actually all we really have to do is tell the truth about what we do. What we do is wonderful, it's beautiful, it's fulfilling. We have a wonderful product that's life-sustaining. We view ourselves as stewards. We, we want to leave the land as good or better than when we received it. That's something that everybody can understand. 
And I've yet to see anybody try to create a lamb product that tastes like celery or tofu. But we see the veg people trying to always try to make something taste like meat. Well, meat tastes like meat, and that's pretty good, and that's good enough. So we just simply need to tell the story of meat and tell the truth about it and and not be embarrassed or ashamed of it, but literally talk about how we are stewards of land and livestock and the benefits and the beauty that that represents and opportunities it creates. You know, I saw a post on LinkedIn today, you know, given permission to eat meat. What the heck is that? I was born. That's my permission to eat. Eat whatever I want. And I don't need someone else telling me it's okay to eat meat. Uh, and by default, I'm not going to tell them what they should eat. But we are going to sit here and we're going to tell the truth about what we do and proudly. And that's, you know, we are stewards. We are caretakers of our land, of our livestock. We raise our families here. You know, we're not going to put toxins out on the land where our children are going to play and grow up. Why would we do that? You know, why would we do anything to harm the animals? There's no way to produce vegetable-based foods to feed the world in a way that is not extractive unless perhaps you put animals into the equation at some point. So without that animal, you don't have a fully regenerative system. With that animal, sure, if you want potatoes to go with your meat, we can figure out how to produce that in a way that is regenerative. But typically, we need animals in that space. We don't want to step into mudslinging. What would be the point of us wasting our energy and our peace of mind by combating people who are ignorant to the realities of life? They're so disconnected from agriculture, from death, from life, from the realities of what we face in rural societies and in agriculture in specific, how could we expect them to understand? So rather than try to convince them why they're wrong, we would rather focus on just sharing what we do, the truth of it. Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's dirty, sometimes it's bloody, but sometimes it's beautiful. And we're creating new things. We're restoring soils. We're, you know, improving water cycles and energy flow. We're creating nutrient-dense foods and so on and so forth. The list goes on and on and on. And we don't need to be on the defensive. We just need to tell what we do honestly and openly. And, yeah, there's a few bad apples in every crate. But the vast majority of people, we may not all agree on method, but we are unanimous when it comes down to stewarding our resources. Nobody in animal ag makes money by having animals die or suffer. It's just absurd to think that is the case. No one actively tries to remove topsoil or nutrients from their operation because that would lower your productivity and raise the cost of production. So we wouldn't do it. It's just absurd. So we simply need to find what our common ground is and build consensus from that. Too many people in the high attribute world, whether it's organics or grass fed or fill in the blank, we would rather argue why our production method is better than our neighbors rather than realize that anybody in animal ag should stand together. We may not have to agree, but what would be the fun of having everybody agree about everything? Uh, that wouldn't be much fun at all. We wouldn't learn new things. We wouldn't challenge old ideas. So it's good to have difference of opinion. It's good to explore new ways to produce and manage, but it's non-productive. 
it's it's quite frankly the very opposite of pro- productive to spend time arguing whether we should feed this way, feed that way, feed this feed stuff, feed that feed stuff, when we castrate, when we ban, whether we should castrate, whether we should ban. All that nonsense is irrelevant. We need to find the common ground that we as stewards of the land with livestock have and share that message with the world, with the consumers. That is my opinion. The real value of the regenerative movement is not a premium on PAC, um, ecometrics, carbon credits, whatever. I mean, if people want to play that game, fine, more power to them. Um, But at the end of the day, it's first the principles of stewardship. That is something that's very important to me personally. So we want to be able to manage our resources to the best of our ability to hand them off in as good or better condition. But the beyond that, the real practical aspects, the nuts and bolts of it all, is that if we manage our lands to a high state of regeneration, it lowers our cost of production and increases our stocking densities or our output. That's the real value to doing all this. I mean, we can take all the other stuff and, you know, put it in a bucket labeled emotions and aspirations. Um, It's worth doing simply because we can produce more product for less money by managing our resources um, appropriately. And so that's why we encourage people to not dismiss it as a fad or a trend. Is your land improving? If not, what can we change? What's the feedback that we need? What's the management decisions that need to be changed? Or is it an anomaly? Did you have a drought or some extreme weather or economic conditions that just simply made it impossible to achieve your goals? And then we don't take you out back and shoot you in the back of the head because you failed. It's simply, what's the feedback? How do we tweak the decisions to ensure that you know we keep a positive trend line? And so it's, it's super rewarding in that it's about supporting that outcome. And I say that word a lot because that's what this is all about. It's about outcomes. And so that's why we're excited about it. That's why we feel it can make an impact. We've applied this model across a lot of acres uh, in multiple states and multiple bioregions. And we've seen results, even though we've had a learning curve when we switched new parts, you know, when we started grazing in the deep south, we had a heck of a learning curve dealing with warm season uh, grasses that we'd never seen before. And we thought we could stockpile them and learn very quickly that that doesn't work. They lignify immediately and there's no, basically no nutritive value whatsoever in stockpiled warm season coastal grasses. Uh, So it's a learning curve, Um, but we learned and, you know, we're now able to manage them. We go in faster with more animals um, earlier and we pull them off and we don't expect that to stockpile. So there's a learning curve, you know, and it's about learning from the stakes, not letting the stakes become a limiting factor. And so it's, that's part of the empowerment of having a, a system for making decisions. It's actually liberating because we know that there will be problems. It's fail fast, fail forward, assume that there's going to be some problems and be looking for them. Get that rapid feedback loop so you can, sit there and adjust things on the fly versus waiting until you really run into it uh, and trying to fix something that's just horribly broken. So, you know, if there's only one skill that you can have to be a regenerative rancher, in my opinion, it's observation. You know, the famous horseman 
Ray Hunt had a saying that I think is really captures much of it. And it's observe, remember, compare. You, you do those three things and you do it a lot. And you train your mind to do that automatically. It becomes very easy to quickly assess a situation and make changes. We set our goals. We set our, our basic principles and, and management plans per year, per season, or per quarter. And we follow that and we're very adaptive based off of feedback loop, observe, remember, compare. We make adjustments. You know, the best laid plans are typically pretty useless once the, the season is upon us. Um, particularly when you're spread out as far as we are, there's, there's good intentions and then there's rapid adjustments uh, based off of the variables that we don't control much less influence. So control is an illusion. Influence is the best we can hope for. And our ability to, as our skill sets increase, we can bring more influence to the situation and therefore the outcomes. And sometimes you have to make a lot of changes and usually they're not big ones. You know, the problem is a lot of guys try to make too many big changes all at once, and then they don't know what the outcome is going to be. And if it's bad, they don't know why. And if it's good, they don't know why. And it becomes very difficult to be consistent. So that's why having that framework to say, okay, you know, this is, we're, we're starting to head in the wrong direction. We're going to make this small change. We're going to make this small correction and we're going to evaluate. Did it make the change we needed to see? And if not, and so on and so forth, then go through this process. And once we do that, we can achieve consistent, positive outcomes that, you know, affect all of our important aspects of our business, most notably the bottom line and the peace of mind and comfort that comes from a strong bottom line and the, the ability to enjoy our work much more when we have a predictable uh, or, or reasonably predictable future. So the solar grazing is something that is growing very rapidly worldwide. There's a few projects being considered for beef. The vast majority are more suited for lambs, and lamb is experiencing a renaissance right now. It's a good time to be in the sheep and lamb industry. It's, it's really a good combination, and it's pretty exciting. You know, it's, it's the kind of tip of the spear kind of stuff. You know, we're, we're using ancient shepherding techniques. We're taking animals to fresh grass, and we're giving the land time to recover in between grazing. This is not new. But we're applying it in new ways by using semis and grazing under solar panels. That's new. Um, being able to identify scientifically that the land is benefiting is a formula that's only recently been developed. But the methods of land stewardship mimic what has been done since the dawn of time. So it's really a really fun combination of the old and the new and, and we're grateful and privileged to uh, be part of that leading edge i don't believe in a work-life balance i don't even know what that means it makes no sense to me because every day i do exactly what i love to do and what i want to do um, this is the life I, I wanted this is the life i've always dreamed about and so i wouldn't i don't want to take a vacation i mean what would i do um i you know, I just don't understand that. I, I live the life I want, so I don't understand where some people take their, their mind as having to get away from it. And if you do have to get away from it, I think that is a clear sign that there's, there's something wrong.
doesn't mean you can't go enjoy other things. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying if you need to get away from it, if it's too stressful, if you're not able to decompress and enjoy the little moments in life, it's meaning there's probably something that you understand is wrong in your business, but you haven't faced. And so it's subconsciously stressing you out. And when you have a skill set, you've gone through training, you can apply the principles of holistic management to the situation, you can get that relaxation. Because even if it's bad and, and it's going to take a long time before it comes good, at least you know what that path is. And you, are, you can develop confidence and peace of mind by knowing that you do have a plan and you're implementing that plan, even if it takes a long time. Well, there's a lot of talk about in agricultural circles about depression suicide and addictions and all these other sad things and it doesn't need to be that way we in agriculture we see hope we see rebirth i mean every spring we look for lambs and calves and every spring we put seeds in the ground and believe they're going to grow i mean we're the most optimistic hopeful people in the world and yet we struggle with depression and i think it's really important that we say how do we what what needs to be changed in order to not deal with these things or to deal with them in a constructive way that allows us um, to move beyond them. And I think that these are big, serious discussions. And I encourage people to take that step and say, hey, if we're feeling these things, why and what can we do to change it? And it's not, in my opinion, a pill. It's a plan. It's being able to work on the business identify what's not working, create solutions around that. And it's amazing what those kind of things can do to relieve our mind. Animals die, bones get broken, you know, people fail you. That's part of life. But how do we, how do we react to that? How do we recover from that? That's the beauty of it. And having a plan and a way of dealing a system that allows us to deal with the realities of those things. That's part of the regenerative process. I tell people regeneration is not just about managing resources. It's about life. How do we manage our emotions, our relationships, our money, our resources, every single thing in life? It's either degenerating, sustaining, or regenerating. And if you're not happy or you're stressed out, chances are, it's in a degenerating place and that's where having a method of dealing with that and the skill sets to plan to shift it from degenerating to sustaining to regenerating. That's, that's the skill set I'd like to see every producer have. Uh, and we could do amazing things. We could change the face of agriculture. We could shift the narrative to favor animal-based production. We could, have the confidence that we can pass the property to the next generation that they can get involved. And, you know, you know, my dream retirement is to die on the farm, you know, it's to sit on the porch with my grandbabies running around and, and be able to use my life's experience to guide the generation. You know, I, I'm not going to want to be digging the ditches my whole life. I'm going to pass the baton on, and be able to witness that and experience that. And that's the system that we're trying to build in our family operation. And we encourage others to, to develop the skill sets so they can build it in theirs.
Thank you so much, Trent, for being our second guest on our new podcast. If you'd like to know more about Trent or Cabriejo Ranch, go to cabriejoranch.com. And if you're looking to level up your regenerative livestock feeding game, visit Hustler Equipment at hustlerequipment.com. And to see all the sustainable and regenerative farming articles in the Feed Grass for Good blog, you can go to hustlerequipment.com slash FGFG. Finally, if you like this episode, please smash those five stars and give us a glowing review. It will help other people interested in regenerative farming find us. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Mm